0: Without further
1: ado! That's what the game's all about. All of a sudden you feel like you can't miss. Something leaving up there. You couldn't make that if you tried that again. Absolutely not. Go.
0: Welcome to Buckets. My name's Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network, joined by my colleague, NBA futures analyst Brandon Anderson, and this Is your Pacific Division win totals episode the last of our win totals preview? We're breaking down every single division, going through them, giving you best bets, which we'll have throughout the episode. And you can find them in the award-winning Action Network app. The best way for you to track your picks, get up to the second information on where the bets and money are coming in, and you can find all of our podcasts and video work in there as well. Lots of great stuff. Make sure to follow Brandon in the app. Get his plays for both NFL, NBA. All of our win total stuff is in there as well. So we're gonna do Pacific Division win totals today. And as we've been told. A couple of times people don't really know which division divisions are or, or which teams are in what divisions. So today's episode is going to cover the Golden State Warriors, your defending NBA champions, the Los Angeles Clippers, the Phoenix Suns, the Sacramento Kings, and your Los Angeles Lakers. We'll talk about all those teams and more on today's show. Let's start, Brandon. I want to talk a little bit. This is going to be different because usually we just go team by team. I want to talk about the top of this division. And the reason is one of the things that stuck out to me when I started doing win totals analysis in general is I realized the Suns, the Warriors, and the Clippers are all in the same range. The Warriors have win totals on the board between 50 and 53. The Suns have ones between 51 and a half and 53 and a half, and the Clippers have ones on the board between 51 and a half and 52 and a half. They're all above there. And that got me wondering... Because I think there is a perception that like, well, it's not that uncommon. Like I would think that was pretty common for, for there to be a bunch of teams that win 50 more games in a division. Turns out that is not the case, Brandon. I looked this up. Since 2005, for the good folks at StatMuse, there have only been five instances of three teams in a single division winning more than 50 games. So you have here a pretty significant trend 2005 we have 17 years of data five instances four of them came from the southwest division between the mid-2000s and the (laughs) mid-2010s with the san antonio spurs and over machine for 15 years the dallas mavericks and the memphis grizzlies who would consistently get in that range as well and the houston rockets another franchise that was consistently plugging in those wins so like Essentially, we have outside of the Southwest division, we have won since 2005. Mm. Very few in the Eastern Conference, none in the Eastern Conference that I found. It just doesn't happen. Three teams in the same division do not all win more than 50 in a single year. Thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, it's when we we did our division podcast, like maybe like a month ago, I've just not really looked on who do we like. And I think we saved this one for the end as we did with our win totals here. And then basically we're like, I don't know. I don't really know. These teams are all pretty good. They all look great. So I don't know who to bet on that. Yeah. It's going to be tough for these three teams to all be good in part also because the Lakers are not even one of the three. LeBron Mm -hmm. is in the division and not one of the three. And uh, some of us like the Kings as we'll get to. So it's, it's a stacked division. It's hard to all win a lot of games. And I think the thing that's really hard as we look at the teams individually is these are the exact sort of teams where it's like, well, who wants to win? Who wants to win this division? Who thinks that they need the one seed? These teams all think that they're title contenders, which by definition in 2022 means they don't really care that much about a game in February. Been there, done that. We just need to get healthy to the postseason. And that's where it really gets complicated.
0: All right. So if you're listening to this and you're like, well, duh, Matt, they, they all win. They all play in the same division. So they're going to beat each other. Not how it goes. Not, I would say that there's probably a correlation between, and I talk about this a lot about division record teams under 500 performance, etc. cetera. I think there's probably like a, I think there's probably a correlation between you, how you perform in division and how you perform versus teams under 500 and how you perform at home like you're probably a little soft in all those if your division record is a little is a little weak. Um but you I've seen a lot of teams that will be great in division but or bad in division and still win a ton of games. So it's not necessarily correlated the way I wouldn't say that it's all cannibalization. It's more just about the overall trends of how this goes. Here's one. Uh teams with a win total of 50 or more, as all three of these teams are, are 27 15 and 1 to the under. That's 63% if you win, if you have a win total of 50 or more, 27, 15, and one, non Spurs Western Conference teams with a win total of 50 or more in the last 10 years, 14 and five to the under. Wow. It's compelling. It, it's There's just a real strong trend. So, as you're looking at this, if you're looking to bet this division, I will say you got to start by kicking one of these teams out. You don't have to bet the under if you don't want to, but you got to kick one of the three out Clippers, Warriors, Suns. One of those has got to go. And then you can decide between you can't the other be, You
1: can't be in on all three is what you're saying. Right. You, you can't decide. Yeah, I just think they're all good. They're all going to be great. They're all going to go well together. History says that's not the case. So you got to make a decision here. And uh, I, you you hit me with that yesterday before the podcast. And I was kind of ready to just show up and be like, oh, I still don't really know what I think about these teams. All those past. So we'll wait and play these teams in the postseason. We pushed, you pushed me on a little bit. I've made a decision. I have one of these teams now, one that I like and one that I have decided to be out on. I think you're right. You have to decide that. If, If you want to bet this at all, you have to decide. You can't not decide and then bet it. It's going to go poorly for you.
0: Well, I can't wait to hear what yours is. I'll tell you mine. We'll go ahead and start there. Best bet. Golden State Warriors under. I am fading the defending champs. There is a 52 and a half plus 100 on FanDuel. There is a 53 minus one ten at circa. You can get always shot for the best number. If you, if you really want the plus juice that 52 and a half is, is valuable. If you want the best number, 53 has got it at a half win over, but just basically the same thing at, you just get the tie at 53, the push at 53 at circa. I have a best bet on the under for this team. Let's start with you and where your projection is for the golden state warriors.
1: So I think this is going to surprise you as a listener my projection, both offense and defense, I think will be lower than you expect. I have them 12th on offense. I have them eighth on defense. Okay. And I think perception of this team would expect both of those numbers to be higher. Not a top 10 offense with Steph Curry. Not a top five defense with Draymond Green. I, I don't think so. And that's, I, I'm going to let you make the case more than, more than I will here, but I, I worry about this team. I worry about the roster construction and the direction. This is a pass for me. This is the team that I don't want to bet on out of this group. But for me, it's a big picture pass. My brain and my numbers and my projections lean under. I just, I don't want to bet against the Warriors. I don't want to do it. I didn't enjoy doing it last year. I didn't enjoy being too late to the party. This from a big, big, big picture, this, this to me, looks like a last dance season for this Warriors team. Draymond, Poole and Wiggins are all expiring contracts this year. I don't think they can bring them all back. That's not inside source, whatever. Just the contracts and the money. And I know they're printing money in that new arena. I think this is it. One of those three goes. Steph's 34. Draymond and Claire, 32. This is a last dance type season. So what does that mean? Does that mean they're too old? It's breaking up. It's not going to go well. Yeah, maybe. Or does that mean Steph and Draymond do Steph and Draymond stuff? And then I have to stare at the ticket all year long where I bet the under. And I'm like, what was I thinking? We've seen this for a decade. So I'm out. I'm not betting it. But I, I can see I can see the path too well either direction. Tell me why this team is going under.
0: All right. Let's start off with this. If Draymond and Steph are gonna have a going out season, I don't think that they are. I think I think this continues for a couple more years. Uh, they're going to do it with a focus on the playoffs, not the regular season. This team learned a very hard lesson in 2016 about valuing the regular season. They've never valued the regular season. And their their training staff most particularly is very, very cautious when it comes to the regular season. They track them like they, they basically define them as a color. And if they're in the red, they're out. That's happened before. And Kerrs expressed, you know, re- uh, regret over the fact that, team fans miss out on seeing these guys, but they will always do that first. Let's start here. This is a weird ass trend. I'm going to give you a weird ass trend listener, but it's one I really do believe in. And it started with the Warriors many years ago. Uh, teams that go to Asia, whether it is India, China, Japan, Korea for preseason are 15, a.m. 1 to the under 10, 3 and 1 to the under since 2013. I understand you listening to that being like, Matt, what the fuck are you talking about? What does it matter? The Warriors a couple of years ago had to go to to China for preseason. And they talked a lot when they got back about the slow start that they suffered. And they talked about it, not in the regular season as an excuse. They talked about it as soon as they got back, talking to the beat writers that weren't on the trip, saying we're honestly really out of sorts because these trips, it's a huge amount of travel which we know we that factors into every single piece of betting analysis you're ever going to hear is how much travel are you going through and you're like yeah but that's for a game not for an 8 month season. What it does is it disrupts your preseason. You don't have a normal training camp. You don't have as much time. You have so many requirements and things you got to do because on they're they're crazy about the NBA in several of these nations. It's a big deal when they come they the Warriors are going to Japan. Now, I don't know if that is going to be the same as it going to China. I'm not enough of an expert in uh, geographic differences of love of the NBA. But I do know that the Warriors very openly talked about how much of a drain that was on them. This is after this is a short off season going into June and then this trip. So you're not going to be getting off on the kind of start that you want. So that's the theory here huh? is that this trend is built upon. It disrupts your ability to be prepared and in a groove for the regular season. The Warriors have the least motivation of the three teams that we talked about at the top, right? The Clippers, I think, are trying to prove like, no, 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 we've been banged up. We've been in whatever. This is the team. This is the year. Kawhi's back. We are a contender. The Suns have nothing that they can do but try and prove it to people. That's all they can do is try and win games and try and get past the idea that they're never going to get to the top. The Warriors have done it so many times. Let's look at their history after winning a title because you talked about how you're going to be like, what was I thinking? I've seen this over and over and over again. Have you? Because in 2016, after they won the title, they went over because they won uh, 73 games, which is pretty good. But then 2018, after winning the 2017 title, they went under. 2019, after winning the 2018 title, they went under. This is not a predominantly over team. Hasn't been for some time. This is not a team that goes hard in the regular season after that 2016 run. From a basketball perspective, Brandon, they sacrificed veteran depth to empower the young players, but that's going to take time. They lost Otto Porter, who gave them really good minutes, and they lost Gary Payton, who obviously was a huge part of the team last year. Moses Moody, 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 Modi Moody, Modi Moody from Perk, and Jonathan Kaminga should be, I think by the end of the season, will be great. I love those guys as draft picks. I like them. I love Kaminga in preseason. I loved him in the spots he got in the regular season. I They both make leaps. There's some adjustment there. You lose a little bit of depth. You lose a little bit of veteran leadership. They add Dante DiVincenzo. That's good. Coming off a lot of injuries, some shaky years. I'm high on DiVincenzo. Thinks he has a bounce back season. You mentioned the offensive stuff. They were just 17th in adjusted offensive rating last year. And yeah, Steph missed a lot of that. Look, I don't want to bet on another Steph year like he had last year. He had a weird shooting stretch. And it wasn't just before the three-point record. It happened a little bit after, too they still should be awesome. This is going to be a team I'm going to look for a spot to bet their, their title odds. When some other team gets a lot of momentum and the Warriors start off slow, I'm going to bet them to win the title. But from a regular season perspective, at a number that we can get at 52 and a half for a team that doesn't have anything left to prove to anybody, I love the value on this under.
1: So I think that's all very compelling. And what's fascinating is, I think I might like them even less than you do, actually. Wow. You mentioned the guys that are missing Otto Porter and Gary Payton. They're also missing Iguodala and they're missing Juan Tiscount Anderson and Bielitsa and Lee. Those guys were all good defenders and you know who else they're missing? Mike Brown, the guy who really helped elevate this defense the whole while. I know Draymond is awesome. I will never bet against Draymond, the human Draymond, the leader Draymond, the defender defense is a team game. You had to play all five guys and they lost. That's that's half the roster. Half of your 12-man team were good or great defenders that are replaced by these young dudes. Young players don't defend well. That's part of the growth curve. I think Moody can step into the rotation and be part of it. I don't like Kuminga as much as you. I don't think that he has shown that he fits like the rotations and the, the way that the ball moves and the way they move defensively and how smart the Warriors play together just instinctively. I haven't seen that from him. I don't think Wiseman is ready for that rule either. So I worry about the depth. I think even more than you do. I worry about the defense, partly because Jordan Poole is a swing. And we saw that in the playoffs a lot, where it's like, well, what do we do? The offense isn't what it once was. Poole's really good. Let's play him more. Uh Uh-oh, our defense is way worse now because we got too many bad defenders on the court. I don't know if this team has enough two-way guys anymore to have great solutions for that. So... I'm not out on them from a title future standpoint. I think you're right. I think I will look for a spot to at least consider buying. But yeah, when I say I've seen it before, here's the thing that I don't, here's why I'm not betting the under, even though I just made the whole case for the under. I don't want to be sitting on a, a Warriors game in January, February, and Steph is dropping 45 and like gunning for the MVP in one of those nights or Draymond is just everywhere, covering four dudes on one possession, and I'm like, oh shoot, he wants that second Defensive Player of the Year trophy. I knew that was in him. Those guys want this stuff. I don't think they give a rip if they win 70 games again, but they're so competitive and care so much about their place in history. From everything we've seen, I don't want to. I don't want my money against that. I'm not betting on it, though. You think I should? <laughs> I think
0: you should. I think especially if you don't disagree with this, I think that the big thing here is just you have to consider how much these guys care about the regular season. And they've told us they don't. They, They went over in 2017 mostly by the fact of just nobody could compete with them because of Durant. That's why they go over. They went, they go over in years where the market has not caught up to them. They went over in 2015 because they weren't expected to be that good, and they were great. And then they went over in 2016 because nobody expected them to be that great again, and instead they turned into the best team of all time, right? But then you know, 2017 they go over because with Durant it was easy, and since then the market has adjusted. Uh, best bet wasn't over for me last year. The market was insane on them. It's like 46 and a half. What are you doing? What are you? What are you doing? But 53, if they're 52, like imagine that we get a little bit of truncation on the wins this year, as opposed to last year where we had, the, let's say that the one of the, of the other teams in the Western conference, regardless of who it is, Denver Clippers, whoever they win, like 60. Is it possible? The Golden State Warriors are the second seed or the third seed at 52. Yeah, they Sure. Absolutely. That? Yeah, that, yeah. That's very in play. Like the, to me, the ceiling for them from a trying standpoint is like, Fifty four to fifty five, yeah. And all that range is under now. The the floor is probably what forty eight.
1: Yeah, the floor the floor is high unless there's a really bad injury to Stafford Draymond, which is in play more than other teams. Yeah, but a reasonably healthy season, the floor is high. They're going to be fine. They're the Warriors.
0: But as long as they get in the range, they don't have any reason to push it.
1: Yeah, that's, that's enough. That's my 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 final. Like I do a little verdict on each one of these. My verdict on the Warriors is if they're healthy and if they try. They probably go over. Well, if that's what I think, then you have to play the under between the options. Because if you're counting on health and you're counting on them trying, and then even then they probably go over, then the the wrong end of the spectrum is on the over.
0: Look, I, I respect you basically being like, I don't want to have money against Steph Curry and Draymond Green. I respect that, That's you. it.
1: That, that's my position. That's,
0: that's all. <laughs> uh, as we agree to the values on the under, yes. you're talking about it. I'm going to bet it. That's fine. Let's go to the Phoenix Suns. 52 and a half at points bet. There's a 53 and a half at Superbook, one of the sharper books, plus A plus 105 on the under at, at FanDuel for 53 and a half um, and a 54 at Circa. So if you want to get all the way up to 54 on the Suns and take an under, you can do that. If you want an over, points bet's your best bet at 52 and a half. Brandon, what's your projection and do you have a best bet on this team?
1: Okay, so here's where I'm at on the Suns. I have the projection at offense, fifth, ninth on defense. And that puts them at 46 to 54 wins, which is a lot lower than I was expecting. The teams that they are similar to are teams like the Suns, not last year, but the year before the Jazz last year, which I think is going to be a team we're going to hear them often compared to. And that is a bit perilous. Teams like from two years ago, the Bucks or the Clippers or the Heat the previous season. That was the bubble team that went to the finals. Interesting these teams that their similarity scores come out is they're, they're winning like 48 to 52 wins, which is not great. But if you listen sharply to that list, we had a champion in there, the bucks. We had a bunch of deep title runs. The profile is there. This is the same team we already know that won a lot of games the last couple of years. It's the same team that they've changed as little as anyone by roster. They basically ran everything back. By accident, they tried not to. <laughs> they really tried not to, but they basically just took out JaVale McGee and put in Dario Saric, and that's it. It's the team. So on paper, it's a team that should be pretty good. You talked about, okay, where are we out on the three teams? Who did you decide on? Here's my decision. I'm out. I'm out on the Suns, and it has nothing to do with on paper. It has everything to do with off paper. This team, to me... The locker room situation and the off-court situation stinks. And I want no part of it. Not going to get into the Robert Sarver stuff, but it's bad. And you don't want you don't want that hanging over your team or in your locker room. They did the Kevin Durant chase all summer and tried to get rid of half of their roster of guys who played in the finals a year ago. They tried to get rid of them for a different guy. And now they're stuck with them. They're stuck with Deion Rayden, who didn't want to be there really who they didn't really want to have there. And now they got him and he's there. They had the weird, bad ending to the playoffs last year. I am a Chris Paul dude. I believe in my guy, Chris. He's a great leader. I think it's something smells and it is rotten and it's coming out of the Sun's locker room. And that is not source. That is just my spidey senses are saying, this is bad and don't be part of it. And it could go very south.
0: Before this podcast, you said I wasn't supposed to let you bet this over.
1: <laughs> you know, I bet this. <laughs> that, that was a couple of days ago, and then I recalibrated. I was looking at things like All right, I got to choose one of these three. Yeah, yeah I'm, I need no convincing. I'm not betting the over. I, I I am either a lean or a bet on the under. I haven't decided yet. Yeah,
0: you actually told me. To I like, want to hear from you,
1: you what out. where you're at.
0: Yeah, you told me knowledge about the under on this. Don't let you get out. Um. Okay this was a best bet under for me last year and I got killed on it. And of course Suns fans let me know all about it as they should, <laughs> you know, if I, I basically was like, look, the number's really high. They're probably going to regress. That's what it looks like. They, they, and the jazz were a big reason. I dug into all the Pythagorean win stuff that I have Looking at the trends is because they are the, they are the perfect example of these, these overall trends, which are not, you know, hundred percent. It's like 55 to 60% on most of these trends. Um, because, In 2021, the Suns won more games than they should have. And so I bet the under and the Jazz won fewer games than they should have. So I bet the (laughs) over and both of those lost last year. And so this year I was like, I want to see like what the actual trends are. And this is what's kind of interesting. The Suns in 2021 won more games than they should have. They won more games than they were supposed to at a greater than 75th percentile. Those teams tend to go over. Guess what? The Suns went over last year. Last season, they did the same thing again. <laughs> they won more games than they should have based on Pythagorean expectation, which is your uh, point differential versus your strength of schedule. So based off of these numbers, you the wind up with uh, the Phoenix Suns won 3.1 more than they should have, which leans to an over. That's what I, I should do based off of this trend that I've been kind of looking at to play is I should take a look at the over. Uh, here's a counter, though. In the last 10 years, teams with a projection of 50 in back-to-back years, if they're supposed to win 50 or more games based off of the win total in back-to-back se- seasons, go 16 and 10 to the under in that second season, 62%. It's a high bar. People don't realize this. 50 uh, Honestly, Brandon, one of the biggest things I've learned in all this win total analysis is 50 is a much higher bar than we treat it as an expectation, Lots of teams win 50. It's just very rarely all the teams we think are going to based off of the win total. When Chris Paul went to the Suns in 2021, everybody was like, Yeah, but is he going to be healthy? He stayed healthy in 2022. Last year we're like, okay, but is he going to do it again? And he didn't, but it was enough to where it didn't matter. They were already going to hit the over because they won so many damn games anyway. So when he got banged up, it wasn't that big of a deal. So now we're in the spot of, well, can he do it a third year? And I don't know if I want to bet on that or not, given all this stuff. The Discord with the Aiden stuff, I think, is really interesting. That team wanted him gone. I'm sorry. That's based off of what the trade market looked like for him off of the people I talked to in the league, is they were open for business. They were looking to move on DeAndre Aiden. They were hoping to move him in a deal for Kevin Durant. And the Indiana Pacers forced his hand. The Brooklyn Nets did not cave to Katie's demands, did not just trade him to the team he wanted to go to. And the Pacers were like, look, man, we gave you a month. We want him. We're putting the offer in. And once that happened, the Suns basically had to do, decide, do we lose this guy that we don't really want for nothing, or do we retain him and then figure it out later? Let's retain him and figure it out later. But now he's walking into a locker room where he obviously has problems with the coach. Not good for the whole formula. I don't know how to explain what went on at the end of that Mavericks series other than the COVID stuff. I think the server stuff, you're right, is probably a, a, a sticky, messy issue. But this team's still really good. They're just really, really good. And I can easily see them winning 54 games and hitting an over at 52 and a half breezing through it. I can see them getting to 52 wins and being the exact same kind of team we talked about with the Warriors and hitting the under. I can see them winning 50 and hitting the under, but it's uh, to me, I'm I if you're going to be betting this one, I think you're going to be in a sweat. And so for me, this is an absolute stay away. Have I convinced you at all maybe to stay away from the under?
1: You've convinced me a little bit. I want to talk about the defense because the defense, so just basketball reasons now. My my main reason to dislike it is the off-court stuff. Just I, I just don't like the smell of things for a lot of the reasons we both just talked about. I'm worried about the defense. I'm not totally convinced yeah. that this was this great defense that we saw last year. They finished third in defensive rating. Now, they were ninth the year before, so that, that seems like, all right, well, they got a little better. No, they jumped from like 111 defensive rating to 107. That's a huge, meaningful jump that's more than ninth to third. And I don't really get it. I don't... What made this a number three defense? This does not feel to me like a number three defense. I think it depends a lot on DeAndre Ayton, who has improved a lot. This is not a critique of him. But if this is a dude that's going to kind of half measure on any given night and not do the whole thing, it's not great for your defense. I think there's a trade coming somewhere because they kind of have to. They've forced their own hand. Most trades are going to have either Mikhail Bridges or Jay Crowder going out in the trade. That hurts the defense too because those guys are really important to what this defense is. My, my defense projection, I didn't push to them too far down the list, but I would be a lot more surprised if they finish third again than if they finish like something around league average. And so I don't know, like I, I I'm trying to be careful because we saw in the playoffs, the defense wasn't this great machine and I don't want to say, okay, well, then make that the regular season because no, know it's a different sport between the playoffs and the regular season. This isn't that, and I'm trying to make sure it's not just carrying over, but I just, I have a hard time buying the metrics last year. It, it looks fake to me. Not, not that I think they're bad. I just don't think they're great. And if they're not great, now you need the offense to be great. And Chris Paul, you know, turned 38 and can't do the thing forever. I just, uh, I don't believe even in the basketball product. Where, What do you think about all the defensive stuff I just said?
0: So I would counter with a couple of things. Uh, one, a lot of it for them is about their coaching. Monty Williams is really good defensively. He was good in New Orleans. He was good as an assistant with other spots. Like he's a good, he's a good defensive coach. They're gonna be prepared on that end. They did add Josh Akogi who I know that's not a name that a lot of people are going to like rave about that's really good depth for a wing defender like Akogi especially the advanced metrics grade out very well if you dig in Kogi's a pretty good defender I would say like he's impactful as a defender so that helps Dario Saric's return here matters a lot Yeah and there's two ways to argue it one they can switch more with Saric which I think is only going to make that defense better Teams are not going to try and pick on Chris Paul in the regular season. That's not how it works. Switching teams disrupt other teams. If you can switch, you're going to be a a pretty good defensive team. The Celtics' strength a lot of times is just their ability to switch when other teams can't. The the Suns can switch more. And even if they get into a situation where that's not working, guess what? Sarich at small ball is probably going to goose the offense because we've seen small ball lineups traditionally. If you put five shooters out there, you're going to have a pretty good o- offense in the stretches that you run that at. They don't have to run small ball. They have bigger guys. They had Landale, who I think is actually a little bit underrated. The D de- the, the talent here is pretty good. In my opinion, on the defensive end, I think the big question mark is why Monty Williams loves Landry Shamit. That's a question that I have. He got way too many minutes. I thought last year in general, I think even if you think they're not going to be as good, the floor is going to be higher high. And that, that floor may honestly be 52. Like it just may be that, that even if they're they're slightly worse, it still gets to fifty two, and they still wind up going over.
1: So yeah, I don't I don't think that's the floor for me. My range I can't remember if I said the range. I have them forty six to fifty four wins. Ooh. So I certainly don't think that the floor is fifty two. Yeah. And part of that is again because it, it's, it's similar. What I said with Golden State, I have the offense and defense both a slightly lower than I think you would expect. So-
0: So, But this this actually gets into a really interesting thing because your stuff is based off of the offensive-defensive rankings because it's a stronger indicator. Like, your, your point differential, how much you score and allow, has always been a much stronger indicator of how good of a team you are. Yeah. Except, Brandon, the research I've done, which has shown that the number is more heavily weighted towards you in that respect. Like, they're building the number from what you're looking at, too, versus the actual wins. And so the wins actually relate a little bit more to what the actual outcome is of the bet. And so if we look at this, you said 46, they won 64 games last season. I can't get to a point where I think that a, a 64 win team with no major losses that their floor is 18 wins lower. I can't get there now that I've done that analysis before and it's been off. If you're like, is this team really seven wins worth? I get it. I just think that you have to wait a little bit more towards what the actual win total. I know this is counterintuitive for you guys like you and I because we study so much of this point differential. It's like, yeah, okay, they're winning these games, but whatever, they're actually not that good. I think that matters a lot for playoff performance. But I think for regular season wins, I think you got to be I'm not saying to bet the over. I'm saying that I don't think that there's good value on the under.
1: Okay, that that's fair. I, the, the stink factor with this team is the thing that I can't, I, I can't get the smell off of me now that I know, like, you know, when you, you you are, you're just going about your day and all of a sudden you smell something and then you can't unsmell it. Yeah. That's where I'm at on the suns. Like I can't unsmell all the stuff that I smelled about the off court stuff. And I just, I know they're not the jazz. And I know that's such an easy, obvious comp to be like "Oh, regular season team that can't win in the playoffs. They're the jazz, they're the new team. But I remember so many of those games, like you you uh, were on our bedcast a few times for jazz games where you'd be watching and they'd be like, yep, where they're good, they're winning, they're up 10, they're up 15. And then it just melted down and fell apart. And you're like, what? What? what's happening with this? I don't understand. All the numbers say that everything is good, but something is off. So I told you before the podcast, I had a melt your brain exotic for this one. Here it is. Phoenix Suns. To miss the playoffs, plus 1,800 at points bet. This is not Brandon throws it on the podcast. I'm logging it in the app. I am betting it. I bet it a few hours ago. I have the Suns, even without the stinkiness, I have the Suns projected into a three through seven seed tier. That means the play-in is much more in range than they would be given possibility for a reasonable outcome is the plane, even if the stinky thing isn't a part of it. And if it is part of it and they're banged up after a couple of long years and lots of winning, it feels to me like a team that gets to the play in and we just assume they're going to win and get in. Cause it's the Suns and the Owls win and they got Chris and book and everyone. And it feels like a team that might kind of look at it and be like, now nah, let's be done. Let's let's now. Nah. Let's be done with this season. Get, get this season out of here. The Aiton thing, it stunk. The Sarver stuff. This team is not it. I've seen it with this team, and we are not it. 18 to 1. I think that number is way too long. I don't think they will miss the playoffs, but I have to play that number.
0: This is a better bet than your Utah Jazz to win the, the NBA title. This is a better bet than that. I don't hate this bet, because basically what you're saying is, look, I did my projections. My projections have them in the range of possibility. The possibility is greater of that than it is, than That's been the implied percentage of the number. I get a great payout on it. If I'm right, it's obviously going to be a low unit play for you. I like it. I like it. I, I would say just it. bet that and don't bet the under.
1: Yeah. That's where that, that is. What I've decided. I'm a lean on the under, but I'm going to lean into the under, under, under and lean into the stink and play the 18 to one to miss the playoffs.
0: Let's go to the Los Angeles Clippers. 51 and a half, 52 and a half. The range is much tighter on this one than it is on some of the other te- other uh, teams. You got pretty consistent numbers across the board here. This is going to be a stay away for me. Love this team. We'll talk about why, but it's going to be a stay away on the number. Brandon, what's your projection for the Los Angeles Clippers?
1: So this is the team I'm in on, and I did not expect it. I have the Clippers second offensively. I have them 10th on defense. I project them anywhere from 50 to 60 wins as their outcome for a range I am taking the over. I did not expect to be on the over. I expected at the very least to stay away and just be like, yeah, whatever. The Clippers, they'll just, we'll see in the playoffs. Kawhi will not play back-to-backs and PG will rest and whatever. I don't care about this team now. Wake me up for the Clippers in April. They were a above 500 team last year that added to what they had last year whatever Kawhi Leonard's going to give them. I gave them about 60 games of Kawhi, which I think is very fair. They're going to get more Paul George, half a season more of Paul George. And he stunk because he was not healthy when he did play last year. So they're going to get more and better PG and whatever John Wall has to give and more Norm Powell. He played what, like four games last year and Robert Covington. And they were already this incredible deep team and they have a great coach. The floor has been established. Last year was the floor, and they still won 42 games and what are have made the playoffs if PG didn't get hurt at the end. And that's the floor, and we added ceiling outcomes that involve Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and three other, four other really good players that they've added. I have to like the over here because my process says the floor has already been proven, it's already pretty good, and they added a whole lot of ceiling X factors here. I didn't expect this, but I think they could be really, really good, even in the regular season, even without trying that hard to be that good.
0: Yeah, I'm going to bet it too. You got me. <laughs> I, okay. To me, it come, basically comes down to this. Their formula is so reliable on all the things that I think matter in the regular season. They're going to switch a ton that boosts your ability to win games because you just mess with opponents that can't deal with it. They shoot a ton of threes. Their three-point volume is outrageous. That makes up for a huge gap on nights where if you're not yeah. shooting efficiently, you still win because you made more threes. It creates a, a gap between teams that are as good as you. like,
1: just, And not just volume, by the way. They are the best three-point percentage best three point team teams. on top of it. That was the thing that stood out. I was like, oh, shoot. This is a potential number one offense from the threes alone.
0: Yeah. This is the, the deepest team in the league to me. If we go down this this uh, this lineup, it's not just a depth in terms of the injuries and the rest that's going to be required. That matters. But I am talking at night to night in not only being able to find the answers to what you're facing, but having a team who is not politically, in terms of their own individual agendas, willing to sacrifice and not play, this is the best roster for that as well. John Wall is just happy to have another shot at being competitive. Nick Batum feels rescued in Los Angeles. Norm Powell and Robert Covington are just glad to be in positive, good situations where they're valued. On and on, Terrence Mann is just happy to have an opportunity to get minutes and prove that he is an NBA player. Amir Coffey, same kind of deal. They have all, Luke Kennard, same kind. of Like they have so many guys that are fine if it's like, hey, you're not playing tonight, like, or yeah. you're not going to play in the second half.
1: Well, and and by the way, of those guys you just said, almost all of them are coming off the bench. bench. They have to, like they 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 won't play some nights because right. they have to. That's how deep they are. That all the guys you just said but who will be starters on twenty teams in the NBA, most of them have to come off the bench or not play.
0: But if you're facing a team that you need to play a certain way against, if you're like, hey, we need to match, we're going to match up with John, we're gonna, we're going to play instead of Reggie Jackson, we're going to play Wall, Batum, PG, Kawhi and Zubach. Great. Uh, Hey, this team, we've got a value shooting. So while you're not going to play, it's going to be, we're going to play Reggie and Kennard, Kawhi, PG, and Zubach. Like you can match up whatever you want. The one thing I'm a little concerned about is losing Hartenstein. Yeah, me too. Their small ball option is is back to Marcus Morris. And as I've mentioned before, anytime the Morris twin is involved, I am automatically downgrade you. You need to be able to play small and I don't, I don't know what that... Now, Batum played a little bit of small ball center, which is insane that this is where we're at in the NBA, but he legitimately did play... Like, he was matched up against Gobert sometimes. It's crazy. Yeah, no, it, was, it
1: was pretty good.
0: It works! Uh, the real question here I think you have to ask is, what is Ty Lu worth to this, to this total? How many wins do you legitimately think? If you look at the talent and you... Let's say you look at the talent and you look at this and say, all right, their floor. Kawhi misses a decent chunk of time for rest and everything else. PG misses a chunk of time, but their floor is still 50 wins. How many wins is Tyloo worth? You can't say like 10. That's ridiculous. It's more than one and a half. It's less than six. And the range of all those numbers still gets us to the over. So I'm with you. I'm gonna make this a best bet. I will not play it heavy because of the Kawhi stuff. I still get worried about it. Yeah. Like I just think we, we saw last year, you need those two to be a great team. And a 53-win team is a great team.
1: Yeah. Well, and then Kawhi, like, look, we, we know this, but we forget because we haven't seen him play that much. Kawhi is awesome. Kawhi is not just like, well, let's distinguish between them. Getting Paul George back for a whole healthy season would be really good. It'd be really nice and it would really help this team. Getting Kawhi back for even close to a healthy season is a game changer and changes everything about the team and the ceiling and what they can be. They're not the same. And there are still as from what we last saw Kawhi doing, dunking on dudes and dominating playoff games, no more than five dudes in the league that like, if, if we were doing the Warriors preview a little bit ago and we said, well, I don't know, Steph might be back this year. Steph could be pretty good. When the, what would he be worth? A couple wins of the team? No, like we like up 10, 15, 20, like everything changes. We saw the non-Steph team with the Warriors. That team got the number one pick or up near the top of it. The team without Kawhi was already above 500 and adds a player almost as valuable if he can be that healthy. I like the Clippers in the division too. So here's my division numbers. I have the Clippers at 37% to win the division. That's my favorite here. That would put them at plus 160. The Warriors at 26%, Suns at 21%. So you got to, if you want to play division bet here, because you're deciding on these three teams, you have to shop around because it is wildly different from book to book here. Like they literally have different favorites. At bet rivers, the Clippers are plus 230. If you don't have rivers at bet MGM plus 225, the Clippers are third favorite at both of those to win the division. When I started researching for this at first, so I have the Clippers at what they should be as plus 160. I forget where I looked. The first book, they were like plus 180. And I was like, eh, all right. I probably don't need to bet it. That's not enough of a margin to really invest too much in it. The next book was 195. And I was like, all right, I probably have to bet it. There's some margin there. And then I found the 225 and the 230. And Now I have to bet those. So I think if you're looking at the three, and where I ended up on is I don't really know what the Warriors, but I'm I'm out and I and I'm way out on the Suns and the Clippers I liked more than I thought. So I'm gonna play the division and the over.
0: I don't I like the division play there. And I may also just make that make that the best bet. Uh I just looked this up and so I, I need to mention it. I know that these trends In general, trends for you, you tend to have a skeptical eye on. I think you're coming around uh, where some of them matter in these betting circles in relation to like, for me, the trends matter very much in relation to specific numbers in the market. It's not, I hate trends that are like the bucks have beaten the so-and-so, the the wolves. Yeah, yeah. All of their less.
1: My Um, my skepticism is sample size from a math standpoint. When we get like a a 13 and nine, I'm like, all right, well, over like two decades, twice a year, that doesn't, it's not enough for me but there are certainly trends that are very meaningful. So what trend do you have on this one?
0: Well, this is a 15 one, so you're not going to think it's meaningful and that's okay, Okay. but it's so weighted. I think it's terrifying. Okay. Teams that won fewer than 50 games in a season that have a win total, the next season of 50 or more, 12, two and one to the under
1: Hmm.
0: 12 out of 15 to the under. Essentially, if you don't hit the 50 win mark, and you're expected to win 50 games, you don't get there. Again, this 50 win mark winds hmm. up being a super tough bar yeah. for teams to hit as an expectation. It's not enough to get me on to get me off of it. Just because at some point the basketball is going to matter. And so, yeah, I mean, I, not-
1: I think I think what I would interpret that trend to mean that should scare us a little bit is I think that that's saying if we looked at who those 15 teams were and we're not going to right now, but I'm going to guess a bunch of those teams are teams that were supposed to be good and then had superstars get injured. And then the next year, everyone was like, all right, so they should be healthy again. So they're going to be great now. And I think what that's telling us is, yeah, sorry. It doesn't work that way. Always. Sometimes guys that have that big career injury don't come back the same way. And I think that's the, that's the, that's the easy case for the under here is like, yeah, I don't really want to bet on Kawhi. I don't want to bet on Kawhi and PG's health. That's fine. We're going to talk about another team and we get to it here where you have to choose. Do I want to bet on this guy? And I don't want to bet on him anymore. I'm fine betting on Kawhi. Kawhi, you can have my money. Here it is. See you in eight months. I feel fine with you protecting it.
0: All right. We're going to move to my other best bet. Of this division, which is the Sacramento Kings, uh, I will be a Kings backer the entire season. The numbers 32 and a half is over minus 150 under plus 115 at Bet Rivers. There's a 34 and a half at the top end if you want the under at Super Book and Circa. There's a 33 and a half juiced under plus 100 at DraftKings. Kings. So you can kind of choose where you want to get this. I have them at 33 and a half minus 110 to the over. I bet that early that's a five unit play for me. This this season. Do you want me to go first? Or you we've been doing your projection. So let's go. Mm, let me no, make no, the I, case.
1: W- I want you to go first. This is your team. This is I, I'm not with you on it. I need some convincing. The floor is yours. Tell me why the Kings are gonna win 34 games.
0: Let's start here.
1: They want to win. They want to win. Most of the teams that are shitty
0: in the NBA don't want to win. They're especially not gonna want to win this year. We've talked about this in relation to do you want to play a Spurs under 23 and a half? <laughs> The Kings want to win. If they're in a tank off situation, if they're what would be considered a tank off situation between two sub 40 win teams, the Kings want to win more. They're desperate to break the playoff drought. They are desperate to do it. It's a mandate get into the playoffs, get people to stop talking about how we haven't been to the playoffs in 18 years. You've got to get into the playoffs trying in the nba goes a long way guys i don't know what to tell you there's just like a lot of nights when just trying is going to get you pretty far because it's an a2 game schedule and with the travel and the rest and everything else there's just a lot of nights where players are like we just don't have it we just i just want to go home it's the end of a west coast road trip we beat the clippers and we went out till four in the morning had a (laughs) back-to-back versus the lakers now it's two days later I I, we, I had too much to drink after the Lakers game and then I had to get on a plane. It's two days later. I still don't feel great. And now we're playing the Kings. Uh, okay. We're down 15. They shut the lights out, whatever. Like this matters to me that they just want to win. Uh, they had a plus 3.4 win differential last season, Pythagorean expectation teams with that higher, higher, 12, 9, and 1 to the over. It's not a great number, like Brandon mentioned, where it's like 22 instances over 10 years. I get it, but this does to they tend to trend over. When you drop this down to plus 1.6, the trend gets a little bit higher. Teams that overperform tend to go over. That's a crazy stat, I know, but it's one that really is guiding a lot of my betting going into the season because it's about where the number is placed on this. They won 30 games. They won 30 games last season. I just got to get a few more with what's going to be a better roster. They add Kevin Herter. They add some more. Some more of this. There is a massive coaching upgrade here, and you go like, "Well, wait." Their coach is Mike Brown, who does not have a great history in the NBA. Mike Brown doesn't have a great history of winning playoff series and winning 50 (laughs) games and being amazing. Mike Brown's a really solid coach. It's why he won titles with Golden State. It's why he's been in the league for as long as he has. Mike Brown's a really good coach. And the biggest reason that's an upgrade over Alvin Gentry is not really about Alvin. It's about how much Alvin openly last season was like, I don't get paid enough for this shit. Like that's basically (laughs) where Alvin was. And it was exhausting and the team was young and mistake prone and it drove Alvin crazy. I think Mike Brown will come in with a little bit more of a renewed level of energy he'll get them to commit more they're going to be a bad defensive team i get that i get they're going to be a bad defensive team there's lots of bad defensive teams that go over 33 and a half wins sabonis and fox's record together wasn't great i'm not going to sit here and try and tell you it was but they only played 13 games together sabonis fox and barnes in the minutes they did play together had a minus 0.7 net rating and you go that's a, that's a negative that's fine Maya 0. 0.7 is basically a 41 win team Maybe 40, which guess what that gets us? That gets us a full six wins over. (laughs) That's six wins over the lowest number on the board. Teams that won 30 games the previous season with a positive P win differential, the Pythagorean differential, and missed the playoffs, 11-5 to the over. Teams that missed the playoffs with a number below 40, tend to go over at a pretty high rate if they weren't one of the bottom feeders, if they just win more than 30 games, that 30 games mark is really important in this 50 and 30 are two of the most important numbers i found in doing all these kinds of random uh, splits across all these. I like the roster, Brandon. Damana Sabonis, the Aaron Fox, Fox pops up a lot in our most improved player because the advanced numbers on him are really good. He just never really kind of puts it all together. Love Davion Mitchell, love Keegan Murray, love Harrison Barnes as a floor setter. There's not, I'm not, again, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that this team is going to go out and win three of four from the Clippers in the season series. Will they sneak up on some squads? Yeah, I think they will because they want to more. So 33 and a half is an absolute over for me. They got veterans. They've got young talent. The numbers really low over 33 and a half of the Kings best bet.
1: All right. Is this uh, how many units? How strong of a best bet is this? Is it a five unit for you?
0: I put the five in.
1: Okay. So I have a lot to respond to. Let me start with the projection for them. I had the Kings 17th on offense. I had them 26th on defense. It doesn't sound like you disagree too much with where I've ranked them defensively. Much to nobody's surprise, that means I don't like the team because defense regular season is heavy correlation for me. That projects to 27 to 35 wins. So if I can get a 34 and a half, that means that I should either lean or possibly bet the under. So that's where I started here. I I don't like the roster. I certainly don't love the roster. I don't hate the roster, but the guys that we're talking about, Sabonis and Davion Mitchell and Keegan Murray and Darren Fox, They're fine. They're like NBA starters. Eh, I'm not sure if Davion Mitchell will end up that way, but they're floor raisers to an extent that this team's not going to be the Thunder or the Pistons or one of the, like, they're not that. They're, They're not that bad of a team. I just don't know if they're that much better than it. In a West that is very competitive and very loaded, I agree with you on two big things which is why I'm hesitant to go too hard on the under here. Number one, they're absolutely trying to win and develop culture and they're going to show up every night and they're not going to tank or they're going to go all the way to the finish line trying to win. So that's not fun betting the under against a team that is randomly going to beat like a good team some night because they just showed up. Number two is Mike Brown. I I had a couple NFL analogies for this team. Mike Brown to me is, is akin to Jacksonville hiring Doug Peterson. I think they're both a little overrated. You don't want them with your team going to win a title, but Urban Meyer is gone. Luke Walton is gone. Alvin Gentry is gone. It was bad. Now it's fine. Now it's like 20th best coach or something, maybe. Mike Brown, especially defensively, can help this team. And if that means that instead of being 26th on defense, you're 21st or 18th, that matters. If that's where I had them, then I would be on your over. Like if if Mike Brown can do that, and with defense, coaching can do that, that does matter. So that gives me a little hesitation. The other end of the spectrum is the division. We're in this division. This is the AFC West of the NBA. You've got three great teams we talked a lot about. The Lakers, by the way, are the Raiders in this division. Let's be very clear about that. But now we added another team after all of those. They are going to play a lot of division games as heavy underdogs. I know the schedule isn't like we talked about. That doesn't necessarily correlate to, well, they're going to lose all those games. So they're bad and they're worse in the division. They can't go over. It's not great. It's not great to have all those. And and the, I just, I can't get past the defense to, to, to like this team. I have to think they can be something above a top five or seven defense. To bonus at center. It's not happening. It's not, it's not good. You're going to be no rim protection. And I don't know what Mike Brown does to solve that. I think Keegan Murray and Davion Mitchell are fine defenders, but not going to fix things. Fox has not been good on that end. Barnes is okay. I guess maybe these guys that are okay can be good enough. I don't know. I I don't think I've talked myself into betting the under here, but I'm leaning under. I know I haven't talked you out of the over. You're already on it. I kind of want to bet the under just because Portland and Sacramento are the only two teams we've really gone head to head on. And I really am not with your over on this and I'd kind of like to just be on the other side of Sacramento and rooting for the Kings to lose all year against you. But there's enough reasons that they could get to 34 or 35. I can't get too excited about an under.
0: I mean, I think a lot of this is actually shows like your growth. It shows the growth of both of us in terms of like the betting side, which is I knew you were going to lean under this team (laughs) sucks. You hate teams that suck. You love teams (laughs) that are great. Like, it's true. That's so what a lot of this division is, is, is like the Warriors. You're like, but they're awesome. I don't want to bet the under. They're awesome. But the Kings, you're like, I don't want to bet the over. They suck. And I'm very <laughs> much in the spot of, yeah, but everyone knows that they suck. So the number's too low. And yeah, everyone knows that they're great. So the number's too high. And that to me is where I'm like trying to evolve to as I try and get better at this, is trying to aim for those disparities in where the edge is. And you can go too far where you could be like, is that really that low of a number? It's not this number was like 29 and a half, you'd probably be like, that's a ridiculous number. I probably have to bet the over. I don't want to, but I probably have to. Um, 33 and a half is different. I get that. Here's an interesting note. I just looked this one up because I hadn't actually found this one. I was talking about the, the verse that you asked, like where are, you gonna, where are the wins going to come from, right? Okay. Yeah. The Los Angeles Lakers last season versus teams under 500 were 18 and 15. The Portland Trailblazers were 12 and 20. The San Antonio Spurs, who won 34 games, were 21 and 12. Sacramento Kings were 20 and 12 versus teams under. Five. Okay,
1: interesting. So,
0: this is the this is the model. Okay? Is they just beat the teams that are worse than them at a little bit higher level and they do a little bit better versus the mid-tier teams cuz I'm going to bet yeah. if I were to break this down into above 60%, 60 to 40, 40 and below, we probably have starker splits. Just really need the Kings to do to get a few more rando wins versus X Y or Z uh seven and eight in three-point games not terrible not good um if that goes their way that could that could wind up you know helping out like a little bit uh they were 10 and 40 one of the worst records versus teams 500 and above what that honestly tells me Brandon is that a lot of times they were the team that the good teams randomly like got enough to get by versus some of these other teams where it's like they weren't good but they snuck up and, and won a few more games like that's so bad. That's enough of an outlier versus even the bad games that I'm kind of like, that's an
1: outlier. Yeah. So. OK, so so I find I find that compelling. You have convinced me out of betting an under here. I'm not going to bet it. I'm just going to be leaning. Here's the reason. The thing that you said that I found most compelling is the, the concept of like. What if we could split the league and make an A league and a B league? And we took out the teams. We decided who are the top 15 teams. They're in their own league. They're in the champions league version of basketball. And the Kings are not, they're not in that group. They're in the other group. How would they do in the new league that we've created where like, you know, I don't know, the Raptors are like the title favorite or something. Sorry, Raptors fans. If the Kings were in that new league, I think I would kind of like them. I think they'd be fine. I think, in the version of basketball where I focus on, like when I say the Kings suck, they're going to lose a lot of games. That's because I'm picturing them playing the teams that I don't think suck. And I think they're going to lose a lot of those games. Right. But could the Kings beat the Pistons and the Thunder and the Rockets and the Spurs and the Pacers? And, oh man, when I start listing teams, there's a lot of teams I could think the Kings could beat because now Keegan and Sabonis and Fox and Davion, Oh. Yeah, compared to those teams, that's a real floor. And I would definitely rather have the Kings winning that game than any of those other teams that I just said. All right, I can kind of see that. Now, in that league, in the league where they're playing all the bad teams, could they go 20-12 and 12 against those crappy teams? Yeah, I think they could do that. I'm not going to join you on the over, but I think they could do it. So you've, it. you've, you've, you've sold me enough that I no longer will, well, no, I'm still going to victory lap over you if the Kings Perfect. don't do well this year, but I, not as hard as I would have.
0: I don't enjoy betting on the Kings over. This is not something <laughs> that I'm like, wow. But if I, for me, the play was strong enough when I looked at everything for me to go that way.
1: Let me hit you with three alternates, if you if you like them. I, I want to see if you like any of the alternate overs here. So you can play an over 36 and a half at DraftKings for plus 200. Yay or nay, over 36 and a half.
0: No, don't want it.
1: Okay. You can play fourth place in the division. So that all you got to do is finish ahead of anybody plus 475. No, I don't. Okay. Last one. This is the one I think is best of the three to make the in 220 at DraftKings.
0: Love, love it. Absolutely love it. I, I haven't bet it. Cause I don't, I don't like the number, right? Like I, to me, it's just like, wait, you, you're telling me that this team sucks. You're telling me to tell me that they're that 33 and a half is a median outcome for them, and I'm only getting plus two twenty five for them to sneak into the, the top ten. That doesn't seem like great return for me. I, it doesn't excite me. I'd rather just bet more on the over. If that makes sense.
1: Hmm. That's interesting because I actually would go the other way. Like if I want to put money on the Kings I, in in the West, I have a clear eleven teams trying to get in, and then a clear four that are going to be nowhere near. And the play-in is only 10 out of the 11. So all I have to do is get the Kings ahead of 10 other teams that anything could go wrong. I feel better about that outcome. Like I think there's a world where the Kings go under and can make the play-in mm. If the tiers are as wildly separated as I think they are, and I'm getting more than two to one on it. So if I, if, for me, I would rather bet that, but yeah, I'm just not going to bet either. Those are my three.
0: One team I'm not gonna be betting on is your Los Angeles <laughs> Lakers. 44 at it's, it's weird because most podcasts would want to start with the Lakers because the Lakers. But from a betting perspective, I don't think either you or I are very excited about betting around this team in futures markets. Uh, there's a 44 and a half at Circa, one of the sharper books. 44 and a half minus 115 under. Uh, there's at points bet. There's a minus 105 over. So if you want to go over, you can get 44 and a half. Uh, DK has 45 and a half minus 115 under a lot of juice on these numbers in every direction. Let's just start here. What's, what's your projection for the Los Angeles Lakers?
1: All right. So I project the Lakers Their their highest similar team is the Lakers from two years ago. I'm expecting this to be what the team wasn't on that team barely made it into the plan. And then it didn't go well from there, but I'm expecting this, team stylistically to play like that. Here's what that means. Uh, The Lakers with LeBron, with Anthony Davis, 21st in offense of rating. 21st on offense, but third on defense. So that would leave them at 44 to 52 wins, which is a higher floor than I thought. And it's all dependent on the defensive thing. Here's why stylistically I'm looking at the old version of the Lakers teams. I think basically you put Patrick Beverly in the Alex Caruso role as that point of attack, pesky, annoying defender. We tried last year to do the thing that you and I have clamored for for years, which is let Anthony Davis play center. He's a center. Stop pretending he's not a center. Let him do it. It didn't go well. (laughs) For whatever reason, all the things we liked about it did not go well. What did go well in years before, and I hated it and I don't like watching it, is, all right, I guess we're going to pretend Anthony Davis is a power forward and play a center. And I guess that means we have to pretend LeBron is still a small forward. Sure, yeah. LeBron, the center, is a small forward. Great, let's do that. So uh, that's the team that they built. The offseason additions they made tell us they're playing a center and starting a center, and they're going back to this big, giant, defensive sort of roster and I think the defense could be pretty good. If you get Pat Beverly and Austin Reeves and then LeBron, Anthony Davis and a center, I think the defense maybe could be good. And then the floor is a little higher than I would want it to be on this team. I don't want to watch it. It's like this weird bully ball thing that drove me nuts watching in the bubble. And then for all like three games, they mattered the following playoffs. The floor is higher than I want it to be. I lean over, please talk me out of this sure I I will do so now let's just
0: do the roster (laughs) because honestly this is a big deal you just kind of forget the guys that they lost and the guys that they've traded and the guys that they've added and and you kind of think of them as one thing and then I started really being like who do they have outside of the big three so let's go through it LeBron James he's pretty good Anthony Davis he's pretty good when he's available Russell Westbrook who everyone has their own opinion on I don't need to fill you in Patrick Beverly look Patrick's I don't know that Patrick night by night is a net addition or negative. I think it entirely depends on how that game's going. I think there are times when Beverly costs you because he's of his antics and he's erratic. I think there's times when he's an emotional boost and he really does provide you with whatever it is that you're looking for to get an edge in a motivational sense. I don't necessarily know that there's a – I'll say this. It won't even out, but I don't know whether it's going to wind out coming out positive or negative. I think it'll be pretty slight in the difference. It'll be somewhere – you know, if you put a one to 10 scale, plus two or minus two for Patrick Beverly. Then <laughs> Kendrick Nunn, we haven't seen in two years. Juan Toscano Anderson, Damian Jones, Lonnie Walker, the fourth, who the Spurs were like, no, nah, we're good. Javante McCoy, Fabian White, Austin Reeves, Troy Brown Jr., Jay Huff, Thomas Bryant, probably starting at center.
1: I was gonna say you you listed off some dudes that people have never heard of ahead of starting center Thomas Bryant. That is real disrespect to our man Thomas Bryant. Yeah, hey, I love
0: Thomas Bryant. Like the starters, but here's kind of the thing. It's just like like uh all right, five seven man eight-man rotation. LeBron, Anthony Davis, Russ, Patrick Beverly, Bryant,
1: Lonnie Walker,
0: Lonnie Walker, JTA, Kendrick Nunn.
1: Did you do Austin Reeves in there? I think Reeves is in the rotation.
0: That's nine. I, <laughs> like it's this. It's not great. It's not great. It's if, just... you're,
1: if you're wondering why I ranked them 21st in offensive rating, yeah. just listen to those nine, hit the little rewind button and listen to those nine names. They were 110 in offensive rating the last two years. Two in a row, 110. That's not good in the modern NBA. They're not going to be good on offense.
0: Plus, defenders Anthony Davis, LeBron, if he's trying, Patrick Beverly, Juan Toscano Anderson austin reeves
1: that's five i guess but t- like, tell me about what What can you tell me about damian jones and thomas bryant bryant was a terrible defender in washington but put them in a lineup with beverly lebron anthony davis put them at center
0: yeah it's pretty good damian jones's advanced metrics are pretty good
1: yeah that's what i thought
0: so like damian jones may want is probably winds up starting i'll, I'll say that damian jones probably winds up starting i should yeah i think I so should, too I should walk that back I, I like Thomas Bryant a lot. I, his numbers offensively are really good. He's actually yeah. dynamic. He can do a lot more. So there's a little bit better value. But all you're really looking for is like a essentially the Fabrizio Oberto to Tim Duncan. There's a callback reference for you. Um, <laughs> that's what Damian Jones basically needs to be AD. It's not that I think that there's good value on the under because this roster sucks so bad because it's still LeBron and AD. It's just like, I can't look at this roster and go, ooh, there's a pretty decent chance that they trade Russell Westbrook. And there's a pretty decent chance that he gets traded for multiple rotation guys, whether that's miles Turner and butter healed or Mike Conley and Bogdanovich. There's a lot of outcomes where Russ gets traded and the Lakers get two very solid rotation guys. And then this number goes up and you have good value if you're at 44 and a half, but you're depending on a trade of a toxic asset that somebody's going to have to be willing to just buy out for an insane amount of money. And that yeah. gets, to me, very, very difficult.
1: Yeah, I, I will say, too, move. on my projection, um, I might just be off on this. I basically just have Russell Westbrook not in my projection. <laughs> like, I, yeah. I I, I think that my numbers would be lower on this team because I don't think he would raise the offensive floor too much, and I would like the defense far less. Like, I have their starting lineup as Beverly and Reeves as the backcourt, not Russell Westbrook, and that makes the defense much better. And you need
0: to lower him because <laughs> – They've been very transparent with the fact that Darwin Ham is going to try and make this work. And yeah, but what, what else
1: are they going to say though? No,
0: I'll. That's the thing. I will tell you. If this was really that, that at the point of what you're talking about, they would have already said they're sending him home. You don't get to this point without having already indicated he's not going to play. Like they would, they would say he's not going to play. I, I will tell you that if maybe if it gets really rough and then they start out zero and five, they send him home. But at that point, you're five, you've already started out 0 and 5 and <laughs> you know, and, and yeah. won this this narrow. So I don't see any reason to bet on it. I don't see any reason to have value. I don't want division. I don't want title. I don't want conference finalist. I don't want the win total. I have no interest in putting any of my money on anything <laughs> associated with the 2023 Los Angeles Lakers.
1: Off the top of your head, what percentage chance would you give the Los Angeles Lakers to win this division? 10 one and 10, okay. 10. So my numbers have it. And I think that the difference here is I just I'm maybe I'm too high on the on the defense outlook here. The defense was really good before last year when they did this version of it. That if it's that good, my numbers have them at 15 or 16 percent defense or sorry to win the division. It's plus nine fifty. That's basically about what number you said. I hate it, I don't like it, but my numbers say to bet the division. So,
0: look, look. I want to talk about the defense. We got we got to talk about the defense here. Um, okay. You can't compare, even if they're going to play stylistically similar, like the 2020 title roster had JaVale, who I'm low on, but is at least like a slight positive, right? Like he's a slight positive defensively. Um, probably, yeah. Dwight is a positive defensively. Marquise Morris is probably a s- very... This is this, are you about to say a
1: nice thing about a Morris?
0: A very slight positive in terms of like the, if we're just talking about the basketball stuff and not the, the rest of it, probably a very slight positive in terms of offense and defense combined. Um, Rajon, Rondo at that point was still a really good defender. Um, mm. no, he was, he was like the numbers were really good with, with Rondo. And like, look, Brandon, right the bar here is Rondo or Austin Reeves <laughs> and various individuals who, we don't really know. And Jared Dudley, Danny Green, like that's the 2020 roster or, and 2021 had guys like Gasol and that 2021 roster honestly probably does a lot better if just they hadn't traded for Drummond, if they hadn't picked up Drummond off the street rather. Um, But like the 2021 roster had Caruso and, and Dudley and Marcus Gasol. And like Montrez Harrell is at least like a guy off the bench that scores. Not good defensively. I'm not trying to make that no. argument. Um, had Damon Jones. Had West. Ma- had West Matthews. Had Kyle Kuzma, who's become a pretty solid defender and was really good that season. Actually, surprisingly. Dennis Schroeder, who's a pain, but again, is able to move and is like an NBA guy. We got a lot of guys on the on this on the this Lakers rotation where I'm like, boy, I don't know. In three years. So yeah. that defensive floor, especially after the fall off last year, I, I think you got to downgrade him a little bit more.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, I'm not going to try to convince you too much the other way because I don't like, I don't like these guys. I don't, I don't like the non and Lonnie and Troy Brown. I don't like those guys at all. I don't want anything to do with the bench options that they're going to have here. I do like, I think Austin Reeves is a good solid rotation wing a positive defender Juan Toscano-Anderson is a great defender and I think he maybe plays some big and center lineups for them. And I like Patrick Beverly more than you. I just do. I think Pat Beverly is a clear positive he is a better version of Alex Caruso. Woo! And I think that you're, I mean, he's, he's going to get hurt, but he is a winner and a good defender Ooh. and all of the numbers in his career have backed that up. That's so, not
0: accurate. I, I will challenge you on the, well. That's
1: the and that's the big difference I think is that, that this is, maybe this is too much of a bet on Patrick Beverly. Yeah. Here, here's what I'll come back to is this. I mentioned earlier with the Clippers, I know it's tenuous. I know you have to bet on Kawhi Leonard. I'm fine with giving my money to to Kawhi. With the Lakers, to me, and this is ultimately the reason why I'm just going to mostly stay away from it. In your notes, you had, like, well, do you want to bet on LeBron? I don't think that's it. I already know what LeBron is. LeBron is not what he once was, but he's still very good. He's going to be healthy enough. They're going to get a few more games from him this year. I know what he is. LeBron is great. The roster is bad. Here's the X factor and why I'm not giving them my money. You have to bet on Anthony Davis. That's it. You're betting on the Lakers. You are betting on Anthony Davis, not being the turd that he turned into last year. And I'm not giving Anthony Davis my money. He's going to fall and break my money and have to get swept off the court. I don't want my money on Anthony Davis. I don't want to bet on him turning back to what he was. I don't think it's in there anymore.
0: So outside of the day-to-day was part of it. He genuinely was bad the first two months of the season. When he came back from the injury before he got rehurt, he actually was better. Like, he actually, like, he looked way better after he came back from the injury defensively. Early in the season, like, I was capturing clips of him getting beat on the edge. Like, he was just getting beat. Like, he was just getting beat on the edge. It was, it was on switches and blitzes. Uh, I'll note Patrick Beverly last season. I, I know what you think of the Wolves' defensive rating and their starters. I get that, but... If he is as good as you say he is, it's 109.8 with him on court, 110.3 with him off. It's a 0.5 gi- differential. Like he's a, a half a point better defensively with him on court. That if he's as good as you think he is, it should be at least above a one, in my opinion. Like it's, that's that's arguable bad. and debatable, but a lot of this is based off of the fact that basically Beverly's really good in the matchups where he's disruptive. When you are able to move him off ball, it gets a lot tougher for him. If he can't be a pest, he's not a plus. And there's a lot of teams. Yeah.
1: And I think that that's fair, but if you're putting him on a team built on defense, which is not what the Timberwolves were, and he's got LeBron and Anthony Davis and a center and others to help protect and allow him to do the peskier things, I like that better. The one we other defense thing that I like, we
0: do Darvin
1: ham is a good defensive yeah, coach is. and I he like is. Darvin ham adding to this team. So that's he part did. of where, where I like that for them.
0: Yeah. Darvin's enough for me not to bet the over or not to bet the under like Darvin alone is enough for me not to bet the under. Like he's, I think he's going to be really successful. I, you and I disagree on the wolves last year is a lot of it is just like, yeah. I, I watched that team a ton cause they had a lot of money on them and they were pretty good defensively. So, all right, it's going to wrap it up though. The no play on you for the Lakers though,
1: ultimately. I am gonna nibble the division odds. It's a numbers play. I
0: can't, I can't stop you from betting Lakers on this podcast, Brent. No matter how bad they are, you always find a way to bet on the Lakers. No matter my who-
1: numbers say that the plus nine fifty is too far. It should be something closer to five fifty. So I have to play it a little bit. That's I am, a, I am a prisoner to my numbers.
0: I, that's fair. I can't argue with it. It's just crazy. All right, best bets. Uh, I've got the Warriors under. Brandon's got the Clippers over. I have been convinced to take. I will probably bet a little on the on the Clippers over. Uh Brandon has the division for the Clippers as his best bet as well. We're both staying away from the Kings. We're both staying away. Oh, I'm sorry. We're both staying away from the from the Suns and the Lakers are the two teams we're staying away from.
1: And uh, Kings, you are not staying away.
0: Yeah, Kings either are a best bet over for me. So, and God and, and
1: don't forget, eighteen to one, Phoenix Suns missing the playoffs. Let's go. Eighteen to one,
0: missing the playoffs, Phoenix Suns. All right, let's to wrap it up for, for our last win totals episode. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Give us your feedback on Twitter. I'm at hp basketball. Hit us up. Give us those five star reviews. Download the award winning Action Network app. We'll see you guys again next time. Let's get buckets.